Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to the Junk Time AFL Podcast for round 11 and 12, 2020. We're coming to you from Wayne Jackson Studios and Rod Carter Studios. My name is Michael Chamberlain and joining me is a man who wants to take a moment to talk about the exemplary umpiring we had last night. Carlton v. Frio, it's the one and only Adam Rosenbachs. Thank you, Michael, and thank you for allowing me this opportunity to talk about our umpiring brethren and they just... You know what? People have just... They've been slagged from pillar to post this season. Unbelievable. These guys... It has been unbelievable. You're right. It is... When I sit there and I read some of the rubbish that people write about these poor umpires and I sit there in disbelief Uh and disgust that people would... Put down someone who's just essentially doing their job. Yep, yep. Just the average, everyday, run-of-the-mill guy who runs backwards. Exactly. You wouldn't, you know, you wouldn't walk into an accountant, for example, and go, you fucking dumb, weak, low-dog cunt, what the fuck are you... You wouldn't do that. For sure. They're like, in this COVID times, they are on mm, the front line and and people abuse them for no reason whatsoever. Yeah, they are our real first responders. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Why why aren't we clapping at 9pm for them? Yeah, exactly. Where's their... it's it's un- I'm lost for words. I'm like Robbo. I'm, I'm stunned that people have been getting into him, and they did an absolutely fantastic job in the wet mm-hmm. over in Perth. These guys are living in a hub. They're away from their families, and yet they still managed to make every correct decision. Like last night, I was watching it back, and I just thought, you guys have not missed a beat. Like you have that. You know, some people would go, well, that's against Carl. I go, yeah, but it's a correct decision. <laughs> and therefore, I trust what these guys have been given a directive from uh, from Gill, mm-hmm. from... Um, Clarko. Who's, for, yeah, from Clarko. All, all the bigwigs have got in there and they've gone, you know what? We'll take on board what you're saying and we will do the right thing. And they have not missed a beat. And congratulations to the umpiring fraternity and... I don't say maternity. What do I say? Uh, uh, family. Yeah, family. Yeah, yeah. family. It's yeah, a family. It's, it's men and women. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's brothers and sisters out there. Yeah, that's Eternity. the point. Actually, I do. I do want to backtrack a little bit. I love it how you said that they're away from their family, and yet you didn't say their family and friends because we as no, oh no, <laughs> they have no mates. Now, see again. Why do you do that? Why do you have a go at the umpires? So you're, just... you're talking obviously about the the kick after the siren, Jack News. Like unbelievable, unbelievable. Uh, so a, a, t- a couple of free kicks before that, but we'll get to that. But then yes. pretty much kicked it from the same spot that Robbie Gray broke your hearts a few weeks ago up in Queensland. Yeah, he did. So he's hard on the boundary. The mm. siren goes. Uh, photographer. Get the fuck out of the, the fucking way, you fucking low dog. 
that's you. Do, have you got a transcript of me last night? <laughs> he like, wouldn't fucking, fucking move. And the security guard behind him, they're going, yeah. they, they're fucking doing like a box defense. It's like trying to block him in. It's like, can you can you fucking move? And by the way, photographer, you get a better shot if you yeah. just move like five meters in front. I've saw the shot that you got. Okay, just fucking move. And security yeah. guard, fucking get up. I'm ropeable. And then oh, yeah. wait, wait a second. There's about 150 meters of cable we've just left <laughs> lying on the boundary line. Yeah, and then, oh, we'll let Jack Nunes pick that up and move it himself, which he kind of did and then stood on it anyway. Dude, dude, That I was like, just that. get the fuck out of the way, dickheads. And then he, when that went off the boot, I was like, that's a really, really good kick. Yep. And because the, the kicks before that, uh, Big H had fucking booted one that just went high in the air. Liam Jones did what Liam Jones did when he was a forward. And I was just like, we're going to lose. We, we, we owned the last half and we just couldn't score any goals. And I was like, it's all done and dusted. And then it was an unbelievable kick. 40 so, metres out on that angle. So you're watching it at home, obviously, in the uh, yes. current uh, Victoria shutdown. Uh, not only the current Victorian shutdown, I was a bit scratchy on Friday morning. Thought, I'll do the right thing. Went and got a COVID test. Oh, this no way. 10, what, what was 10 wrong? 10am. I just woke up a bit scratchy. So I thought, uh, may as well get tested. Just, you know, just to be on the right... On the right side of the law, Mike. Sure. Did you, did you look at the 15 uh, stubbies in your, in your bin <laughs> and go? No, they were fine. They keep me lubricated. <laughs> so I went and did that. And as we were recording at five o'clock on the Sunday afternoon, and I still have not been told. So I've been fucking stuck indoors. Well, I went to Bunnings for a little bit. I've yeah, been sure. to Ikea. I've been to three, about three supermarkets. Yeah, of course, because you're a sovereign citizen. And you know oh, yeah. your 1948 Human Rights Charter. <laughs> exactly. Like <laughs> yeah. the back of your hand. Yeah. And, and in the charter, it says one must be able to go to Bunnings when one needs a flat pack. Uh, awesome. Now, now I'm, I'm actually struggling to think of when Carlton won a game with a kick after the siren. I can't really remember one of, of even the last couple of decades. So I reckon Fev had one really late against Adelaide in about 2005 or six under Dennis Pagan. The one under, but I, over the, on the boundary? Yeah, but yeah. I can't remember that being after that the siren. It wasn't after the siren, no. It was very late in the game, though. Yeah, that's a really good question. I reckon the last time we uh, did have a chance at it was when Sticks missed that one against Essendon where it was a draw and everyone thought he was going to get it because he was like 15 out on an angle and he kicked it out in the full. Yeah, that could be a good point. That could yeah. be a good point. Yeah, no, it's been a while. I mean, obviously, there's the famous one, Ben Dixon against Carlton, but that's not for Carlton. But I just want to bring up that game. Um, I'm sure if you ask Ben, he'll, uh, he'll say the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, dude, umpires, can I, yeah, give him a massive tick. Really good job. I mean, that was it was a tough in the last bit. Um, Tabana tapped the ball out. It was deliberate. Uh, Sam Doherty, he kicks it. He gets hit after. I mean, that uh, I'm surprised it's not reported, but, you know, they paid the free kick. Free kick downfield, correct. I've ticked that off as well. <laughs> and even though Michael Gibbons, the ball almost hit him, you know, in the head, they gave the kick to Jack Nunes. Yep. I'll give that a tick as well, you know, just because Nunes um, is a better kick. It's really interesting you say how much you love the umpires currently. I love them. Yeah, just by the fact yeah. uh, I'm just looking at your Twitter right here now. And um, obviously, junk time is out there. If uh, you know Adam has Twitter, but you know, really, don't bother. Um, <laughs> don't waste the click. Uh, it says here twenty hours ago, so probably during the game. Uh, is there a law in WA that says Carlton aren't allowed any free kicks? It's kind of interesting how you're kind of so supportive of umpires while you've been tweeting things like that. Look, sometimes um, uh, I take medication during games, 
and I can't remember uh, what I write. So I'm I, to get through the tough games. I'm very very heavily medicated at the moment. Can we go back to August nine when you said uh, if the ball is genuinely trapped, what the fuck does writhing around prove? Rubbish free mm. kick. Hashtag <laughs> AFL Eagles Blues. So that's from the game last week. And then you followed that very shortly afterwards with uh, in your support of the umpires. Who cares mm. if the umpires are in the hubs? I've slept yep. in a dinky motel in Outback Queensland and still done I my have. job properly. I mean, I did. Questionable. I mean, we. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like mate, to see, pe- the, see the audience's mate, reaction to that. The people of Mount Isa, they fucking. <laughs> well, when they finally arrived, uh, they fucking loved me. Um, so yeah, I find I find your support of umpires a little bit contradictory right now. I don't want to be a, I don't want to be a member of the White House press corps right now, but oh, but here on the on the podcast, I have been nothing but supportive. I mean, you'd have to go back a fair way. Yeah, I think it was maybe two weeks me. ago that you said mm. that um, we should actually prove a point, and and when umpires get abused, we should go so far as actually just kill one of them. So I feel like that is possibly a crime. <laughs> Can I say, though, uh, getting that thread out there, that would have gone through the umpiring family and the message <laughs> would have gotten through last night. They would have been like, fuck it, hell, mate. If we don't give this ball to Nunes, uh, one of us could pay. But fuck, man, how good was Heffernan last night for Carlton? Heffernan was unbelievable. I, I, what a great recruit for you guys. Who's Heffernan? Heffernan. He was amazing. In that last quarter, he was amazing. Who's Heffernan? Andrew Heffernan. He was fantastic. Is he an umpire? He was the umpire. He gave the two free kicks for you guys. I fucking love him. I <laughs> he think was he's in a, the middle of the ground. Man. man, what a pickup! He should be. He's probably leading your best and fairest at this stage. Well, that wouldn't be hard, Michael. <laughs> uh, dude. Okay, you got to win, dude. Are you pushing for the eight now? Uh, I think we're about a game a game off. We're still behind. Um, I think Melbourne and Essendon and GWS are still a game clear of us. We are playing uh, the Gold Coast Suns. So pretty much every game we have from here. If we don't win, we're eliminated essentially. Sure, every point, every game would be an eight-point game. Would it be fair to say? Probably in this truncated season, maybe even a twelve-point game, Michael. I know yeah, that gotcha. is very rare, but yeah, we're already into that part of the season. But also, Gold Coast are in exactly the same position as us. They well, had the draw against Essendon last week, and so now they, you know, need to keep winning. Although that sort of half game helps them a little bit because it doesn't really matter about percentage anymore. Well, then I find it interesting too because, you know, about a week ago, was it the president of Melbourne came out saying it was an un-Melbourne-like oh, performance? fucking hell. Didn't he tear into it? <laughs> it was and an un-Melbourne-like performance by the yeah. fact that they were, I don't know, like within five goals at three-quarter time. I don't know. Like, yeah. like I, I don't know. I don't, embarrassing. I, I think we'd have to go back to the 1950s to find what a Melbourne performance <laughs> was like. But if you look right now, they're in the eight. They're in the eight. You know, we kind of everyone's shitting on them, but they're in the eight. And they have that game. I mean, a few pl- a few teams have games in hand and stuff like that, but they still have that catch-up game against Essendon that they've got to do at some stage. Yeah, that's right. So, you know, it's bloody, it's bloody anyone's. And we are recording this as uh, Essendon take on St Kilda. And St Kilda, they're really kind of pushing hard now for top four, you would think. So would they're think. about, that would they're be about really, six goals up. That would be really cool as I try to... Navigate the fucking AFL website. How fucking confusing <laughs> is it, you motherfuckers? It was so easy last year. Just fucking fix it. Anyway, uh, our Patreon, Adam. Our Patreon. Uh, you thank you, all the people who signed up for our Patreon. It's been very kind I, of you. I love you guys more than the umpires. Can I just say that right now? So, yeah, if you want to help us out, and we do really appreciate it, you can go to patreon.com slash junktimeaflpod. Uh, get on board. We love you all. Thank you so much for helping us out. And... 
if you want to grab some great little merchandise for your uh, for your isolation times for your stage fours in Victoria, you know we can send our post outside of the state, but that comes with its own risk. People, you've seen what's happening in New Zealand. I'm just saying, maybe don't order it today before I've got my. Um, before you get, uh, the, they get the all clear. Yeah, maybe tweet yeah. that you get the all clear and junk time yes. can look on. Yeah. Yeah. So if they go to uh, junktime.bigcartel.com and you can get your uh, you can get your stubby holders. And big controversy too at Australia Post that the Postmaster General has been mm. slowing down the delivery system to stop us from selling our merch. Like it's, well, uh, it's yeah, ridiculous. I've, it's I've, ridiculous. Uh, mate, I've seen them around here. They're just taking out uh, post boxes <laughs> around the country to, to you know, harm the junk time brand. And that's disgusting. So you, talk, you talk about the Sainers might be on the way to top four. So they've got a bit of motivation this year. So they've, they've kind of brought in like an idea of replicating the Ashes. Or like uh, when they've gone to a hub, they've got five games. Yep. And they've called it almost like an Ashes series. And they kind okay. of, you know, play those games. And even gone so far as to buy a replica of the Ashes urn. Really? And put it in team meetings. It, it must be incredible uh, as a coach and, you know, the, the brains trust, the, the, the assistant coaches and stuff, to try and come up with motivational things mm. every, every you know, week to, to get the players up. Because you look at um, even Brisbane yesterday, they looked lethargic against North Melbourne. They copped a spray from uh, Chris Fagan at halftime and they came out and they got the job done. So when you go into a hub, you go, fucking what magical thing can we think of? And then yeah. they go, hey, let's, you know, what, what else is five? What else is a best of five? And they came up with the bloody ashes. Genius from rats. Yeah, I mean, they could have gone with like, well, like the NBA finals. Aren't the, aren't the early ones best of five? And they in, are. And maybe in the M Major League Baseball, aren't the early ones best of three maybe and then best of five and then best of seven? I can't best remember. Best of seven is the yeah. end, yeah. yeah. So, you know, if they go into a hub for seven... They've fucking got that covered. It's, it's a World Series. It's a Major League. You know, it's NBA. Whatever you need. I'm actually curious where you do buy a replica of the Ashes urn because I would imagine that would be quite copyrighted. Well, I just uh, did a quick search while we were chatting just then. And an official, this is on eBay, uh -huh. an official Cricket Australia Ashes urn, exact replica, it says, Michael. Uh -huh. And if I've ever been on eBay, I know that when they say something is exact, Yeah. You won't be able to tell the difference. Like mm. when you come, you, you could have people over and they'll be like, mate, have you got the bloody ashes? And you're like, oh, yeah. It is the most underwhelming trophy in the world. Have you ever seen it in the flesh? Is it at Lord's? I think, I think, I think, it's, I think it has a permanent residence at Lord's now because I, I think the structure is kind of a bit broken and the like. But I, yeah. I, did do, did, I did do the tour of Lords, and I imagined that they would have at least taken us past it. So I'm going to say yes, but because it's so unremarkable, yeah. I don't actually recall it. Yeah, it is the kind of thing. I think I've seen it like two or three times now, and you kind of get there and you're like, and you know you know it's tiny and stuff like that. You know, you get yeah, it, yeah. but then you kind of get there and you go, oh, that is <laughs> like the size of my finger, you know? What, why did... The why would they make such a shitty... Like, you look at the Stanley Cup, right? The Stanley Cup needs eight blokes to fucking lift it. Yeah, it's yeah. enormous. With the Ashes, I know that they... What came first? Did they burn the bales and then go, we need to find a vessel for this? Or did they have a vessel and go, well, you can't burn everything. That's a really Just good question, That's a really good question. Sorry. Sorry. Cricketing question without notice. But also by the fact that it's a particularly unique vessel. Like, it's not the kind of vessel that you would put the ashes of, say, a person in. Like, they wouldn't fit. So well, unless, it's, you, it's, it's unless your friend was a little person. It's almost like a, an egg cup. 
Really? Like if you yeah, took the if you took tiny, the top off, you, it, you'd put an egg in it and you'd eat that. Yeah. Perhaps that's what it was. Um, but they have some weird ones over there. I mean, Alan James talked about the story about paying the price and the little boy buying shoes. Mm. He talked about that being, you know, as a coach, you got to kind of tell a different message and you kind of eventually have to come up with little stories and stuff like that because you've said the same thing, you know, for eight years, nine years. Yep. Bevo here. I don't remember this one. Bevo, it says here, Bevo famously turned to the gobstopper scene in Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory oh, in yeah. 2016. So I'm trying to think, is that the bit where Charlie hands back the gobstopper to Willy Wonka and... Then Willy Wonka becomes a nice guy and says, "Hey, I'm going to give a ten-year-old my entire chocolate company." <laughs> <laughs> and by the way, Grandpa, you spent the first third of the film fucking lying in bed. You couldn't walk, and now all of a sudden yeah. you're walking around here, mate. Yeah, how about that? <laughs> fucking someone's on workers' comp. How about that? Wasn't there a Willy Wonka too, where he's um, busted for having that many children in his um, factory? Uh, die. That's a good point. And then also, why isn't there a Willy Wonka 3 where mm. they need to get some fresh new blood into the company <laughs> yeah. and so they get Hurdy to come in and run the chocolate factory? <laughs> That's perfect. <laughs> Love it. No, I, I thought it was the one where, uh, what are they eating where they start to go up into the fan? I'm, I, haven't, I haven't watched this movie in a long, long time. I believe because, they were having... Because I'm an adult. Yeah, sure. I believe, if I remember correctly, they were having like soda pop, like, you know, um, soft oh. drink. And then they had, and you they, had to burp. You had to burp to get lower. Yeah. Yeah, right. The fucking so, OHS at fucking Willy Wonka's factory is fucking off oh the charts. <laughs> it needs a lot to be desired. Let alone the illegal immigrants <laughs> he's got working for him. <laughs> Those poor little people turned orange. <laughs> what are you fucking pumping out there? How much would you expect to pay for an official Cricket Australia Ashes urn exact replica? Okay, is that like from Cricket Australia kind of thing? Like, is, uh, I suppose you have to get the official merch through them. Would that be right? Okay, perhaps. This I mean, it's eBay, a, yeah, but uh, perhaps uh, this isn't as official as you're thinking. Yeah, official, official off on, online. Twenty-five. Michael Chamberlain, you nailed it. You bloody know you. You bloody know your your, your shit cricket memorabilia. Bingo, bango, bingo, bango. Twenty-four forty-five. There is one here, uh, hand signed by Steve Waugh, with yeah. photographic proof. Yeah, sure. It's not though. <laughs> well, there's photographic proof of it. Yeah, no, it's not though. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember uh, I had a mate years ago? You remember those um, uh, VB had like those little Boonie dolls that would interact yeah, yeah. with the absolutely. That, what a great what a great campaign that was. Yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, it's a man who's built his reputation for drinking like fifty two cans on the way to London, and yet has never talked about it. Never has, never will. His words. Yeah. Um, well, you know what? I'm going to say because there's not a lot of that flight. <laughs> That he recalls. Good point, actually. Yeah, like, you know what they should do? <laughs> what they kind of story talk? can you tell? Well, yeah. I uh, I got on a plane to Sydney, <laughs> and then a steward gave me 52 beers. Anyway, I got taken off in a wheelchair. End of story. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know what I'd love to hear from? <laughs> Imagine Booney had the window seat, and you're the fuckwit in the middle seat. That's the guy I want to hear from. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you think David Boone's a fucking hero, do you? Yeah, well, you didn't have that fat little fuck climbing over you 15 hours during the flight to England. But I feel like it was a bit like the uh, when Roger Bannister broke the four-minute four mile in that he had uh, um, paces going around with him, so four laps, and so he'd have people um, running with him. So you think people dropped in and out of legs? I feel like I feel like that people dropped in for like, you know, six or seven beers with Booney to kind of I keep him keep him going. Now, that's the Australian way, isn't it? It's fucking mate looking after a mate. Yeah, exactly. They go, mate, let us know when we're over the Maldives because I'm fucking checking in. Mate, that's, that's why they fucking fought in the beaches, mate. Um. <laughs> Do you reckon the people on the flight, word would have got around that Booney, once he's, once he's done his first slab, 
right? And you've seen you've seen the fucking air hostess because this is late eighties, early nineties. Eighty nine, okay. So I reckon you would have had two stops on that flight. I reckon you would have. I don't reckon you go. I don't reckon you could do a, a, like one stop trip back then. So yeah, maybe okay. maybe you go up to like Singapore, maybe Singapore, then stop yep. somewhere, maybe in Europe, maybe in Africa, Middle East, and then go to yeah, London. Yeah. But I don't reckon you do. You you wouldn't have done a sixteen hour and then like a you know ten hour like you do nowadays. Because back then, um, you're on the flight. There's no uh, screens on the back of the um, seats in front of you, so you're either reading a book or you're fucking bored. You know, there was probably one film on show. You get so a movie, you would, yeah, yeah, fuck. yeah. You, you you would notice how often the way the hostess has come over Dude. to give Booney a can. Like that would get around the flight, I reckon. Like there'd be people up in like down the back in economy going. I'm hearing David Boone with 182 <laughs> cans. Like, even the pilot would be coming down. You go, is he alive? <laughs> do you remember that scene at the end of Up in the Air? I don't know if you've seen it, the George Clooney film with Anna Kendrick. And uh, no. George Clooney uh, is uh, working for a company and he's got a, a massive amount of miles. And he wants to get kind of like to like, you know, platinum card where, you yep. know, 10 million miles and they give you a special card. Only like, you know, five people in the world have it. And the pilot come down and um, has a chat here. Do you oh, think yeah. do you think that happened with Booty when he got to fifty two? <laughs> yeah. Like the pilot came down and just shook his hand and like gave him like a gold VB can and just said, you know, it's it's a privilege to be in the presence <laughs> of an immortal. And also, why was he trying to break? Was there a record he was trying to break? Why did he go to fifty two? I feel like there was a record. Ah, oh, sheesh. I'm gonna say maybe a Doug oh, Walters or something. I was gonna say Rod Marsh. So yeah, I think Doug Walters, Rod one Marsh. Of those yeah, two. one of them. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they. Um, I think they gave it a nudge. Yeah. I mean, fuck. Imagine when they were doing um the trip on the boat. Oh, take <laughs> take three months to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Keith Miller had seven hundred eighty four <laughs> cans. That's not including the sherry. <laughs> But so anyway, my mate, so the Beanie Doll, yeah. So my mate, years ago, like it was on top of her TV and yeah. her and her husband were watching like a particularly scary film yeah. and it got, it got to a really tense moment. And this is like, this is about three months after the cricket season. So the Beanie was now inactive. It got to a really scary moment. You know, you, someone's about to jump out from behind a doorway and yeah. then it's getting really spooky, really spooky, really spooky. And then all of a sudden the Beanie goes, get us a beer, mate. And they go, <laughs> what the fuck? Oh, fuck. That was the freakiest thing ever. Like, it'd been inactive for, like, three months. Had not said a word. Wouldn't that be a good horror film of just, like, a boonie? (laughs) An evil boonie doll. No, just an evil boonie just coming after you. And everywhere you go, he's just gives. The last words you hear are, get us a fucking beer, mate. And then, boom, you're fucking dead. Dude, what a character. What a character. A a man who, who has said very little is one of the, you know, one of the iconic characters of Australia. That is a really good point. You don't hear a lot from Booney, do no, you? No, he was a selector for a while. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, heck, you know, loved a beer, loved a dart. Um, you know, who loved, didn't? Loved his red meat. Um, who doesn't? And he could, you know, sit back and make a, make a ton. Bloody hell, mate. Nah, what a legend. Hey, I tell you, speaking of legends now, uh, St Kilda at the moment, as we said, are absolutely thumping the Bombers. You know what? You know what Essendon need? They're in, they're, People are saying they're a little bit rudderless. They're kind of like, who's their coach? Is it Woosher? Is yep. it Truck? What are we doing? You know, we don't really have a forward line. Joe Danaher's out. Stringer's out. We're just a bit a bit all over the shop. They've fallen out of the eight. They're probably, the way it's tracking, not going to make the finals. And some people this week have come out and said, you know what the Bombers need right now, Michael? Mm. And they're just a little bit lost. We know. Hurdy. Hurdy. 
Uh, Brennan Goddard and Grant mm. Thomas both yeah, said the old that Hurdy needs to come back. Now, I'm trying to work out the context in when they said this, by the fact I can't really find it in the article, that they, I, I don't know if it was on a podcast, or they've just kind of gone to them and said, how do you fix Essendon? And it's kind of weird that they've both come up with the same answer. They say the main thing is that with Worsfold going next year, mm. in that they'll have a million bucks free um, in the soft cap, so they can get yes. a few more people in. And that they sort of say that Truck Rutten needs like a, you know, an elder statesman a mentor. at his side. You know, yeah. someone who coached the team for a few years yeah. um, for uh, coming off a career of never having coached his own team. Apart from the Paris exactly. Poodles, apart from the Paris Poodles, we should say that, Paris Poodles. Don't forget the Poodles. And then... Um, uh, Recklessly. Bringing in <laughs> <laughs> one of the most... Uh, ridiculously corrupt is not the word for it by the fact that I'm trying to think of a better word for it but the the most hopeless okay I'll put it this way the guy that Hurdy brought in to, the, to fix his club to help his yep. club uh, said that uh, the paper documents that he did not have uh, <laughs> he said he said after about a year he said they may have possibly disintegrated okay yes yeah yep. yeah yeah. He, they, he got the big old tick of approval from Hurdy <laughs> As did Dr. Ageless, <laughs> who has only recently been back in the papers for, uh, I think, maybe selling a coronavirus um, oh, uh, remedy. Yeah, which apparently doesn't work. What the fuck? Don't tell me that, Adam. Oh, no. Oh, oh no. I, I bought shares in the company. Yeah, I thought I was going to be ageless and coronavirusless. So they reckon he needs a bit of a mentor. Now, it's interesting, actually, by the fact that... the. My vague memories of the mentor thing hasn't really worked out that great. Like, uh, Parco came back to Hawthorne to be a bit of a mentor for Schwabby. Um, okay. I mean, there was Parco when he left Carlson. He did a bit of the Worsfold Rutten kind of handover. Didn't yes, he? they gave it to, yeah, uh, Wayne Britton had it for a couple of years and that he got cut when they were on the slide. So then they got in Dennis Pagan after that. Yeah. The most successful one would be probably Paul Ruse into John Longmire. That's the one where you go. Yep. Everyone knew it was going to happen. Yep. It's happened. They got a flag out of Longmire. It yep. kind of has worked. The um, Paul Ruse, Simon Goodwin one, you kind of go, jury's still out on that one. But it seems to be okay. I'm sure Melbourne fans would say differently. The Melbourne fans I talk to are not overly enamoured with uh, Simon Goodwin. And you can think about those two grand finals that the um, Swans made, 2014-2016. Like, you know, if they pinch one of them, like Longmuir's CV is all of a sudden way better. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. And i got to say, like, people people uh, pile shit on it, but I thought the buckley Malthouse one, I thought they had a pretty good year. And the thing when is, though, it was so smooth. It was, yeah, so, yeah. It was so calm. There well, there was no, no undercutting. Yeah, there was no bitterness. In the end, no, of it. Yeah. no, no. It was it was both sides agreeing to you know a handshake agreement and going yes, I am for it. Mm. I will step down. He will take over, yep. and I will not say another word about this during my entire time here. And that's probably that would be the example that every other club would want to follow. You'd want to follow that one because I mean I remember Eddie Maguire saying when he did the transition and they talked about it and he said that he thought Mick Malthouse was going to die. Um, that's yeah. how serious it was. And then we look yeah, at Mick exactly. Mal- we look at Mick Malthouse. You know, mm. a decade later, and he's fighting fit and actually not yeah. particularly old. Um, <laughs> and and I, I think I think the way to kind of sum up the whole situation is mm. that when Mick Malthouse was about to hold up the Premiership Cup in 2010, and yeah. he referenced the fact that he only had one year left, and I thought that was that was nah. um, a, a delightful way to, to unite the club. <laughs> yeah, that, that that's a man who's accepted his position. <laughs> 
<laughs> and he wanted to let everyone know that he was happy with the transition that was coming in only a year's time from him holding up a premiership cup and also taking the side to a grand final the next year, oh, even though he was only minutes from death. Oh, God. Oh, God. Fuck. Oh. Good times. Good times. But I tell you what, the fun, the fun doesn't stop rolling for Nathan Buckley. He uh, almost got himself in a little bit of controversy in their um, – oh, fuck, because we've run through about eight rounds in a row. Their previous game at Adelaide Oval. Adelaide Oval, yeah. He was yeah. walking out from the coach's box, gave a fist bump to a Collingwood supporter, which is a dangerous thing in itself. Absolutely. Yeah, you don't know where that's, that fist has been. <laughs> no, well, you do, and that's why you don't do it. <laughs> so David Hamsey was the bloke that he uh, fist bumped. Lifelong and Collingwood so, supporter. Yeah, and so Bucks, uh, this guy went to give Bucks a handshake, mm. and Bucks went, oh, no, we can only do a fist bump. Quick thinking. Like, this is a man who... Obviously, when he played tennis after the victory, would have only fist bumped. <laughs> He's not stupid. He knows the protocols. So then a journo came at him on Twitter and said they, the footage, because the footage was a bit deceptive by the fact that Bucks had the back to the camera. So he couldn't quite yeah. tell if it was a handshake or a fist bump. Yep. And then they did a bit of fishing around because I think they said that would have been Bucks' second strike and then he would have been in big trouble. Massive um, trouble. I mean, there were some people earlier in the year calling for a hundred thousand dollar fine, and they get suspended for the end Said of the year. Have, I mean, who, yeah. I don't know who those people are. <laughs> <laughs> um, so he uh, then it got found out that he just gave a fist bump, and um, it was okay. You know, it was all fine. He didn't breach any protocol in the hub. No, but and it's just really nice that Bucks tweeted this out. He said he can't really remember the guy's name, but he knew his face. He said over twenty years ago. Uh, this guy said he was watching football in a bar, defended me to a group of patrons, was subsequently set on and bashed, l- losing his sense of taste and smell. Now, a Collingwood uh, supporter's sense of taste is very fucking questionable at best anyway. Uh, maybe he's talking about uh, things you can taste in your mouth. But this is a, a really nice thing that Bucks has done. He's yeah. gone, fuck, this guy's defending me in a bar. Someone's fucking giving it to him for him. For, for doing that, and uh, I, I wanted to say thank you. So that was the story that Buck said. A beautiful story. The man stands up for him. Yeah, it was heartwarming. It was very heartwarming. <laughs> now, look, look, look. Okay, look. Look, then then the bloke who gave the fist bump told mm. his story. And yeah. it's a little different. <laughs> 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 so the idea that he... he mm. Praise Bucks. So 20 years ago, so 2000, let's say that. No, 96 it comes out. Oh, okay, 96. 96. Okay, yeah, gotcha. Yep. Okay, so when were the Pies, where have the Pies been about then? Okay, I'm trying to think. Okay, um, Lee Matthews would have just left. I reckon they're in the end of the, towards the end of Tony Shaw. Or no, probably the start of Tony Shaw, because Tony Shaw was like there for three or four years. So I reckon they were in the doldrums, because yep. I don't think Bucks came into a strong club. And so Bucks would have debuted there. Let me think, maybe 94, do you Four, reckon? Four, I reckon. Yep, I reckon 94, I reckon you're right. Okay, look at AFL tables. Pies finished ni- uh, 11th in okay. 96. Um, and, yeah. Let's Out say, of let, 16 teams. Let's say Bucks is, you know, not, debut 94. Um, so, you know, third, fourth year player. Yeah. Doing his thing. So the guy got in an argument at the club. Um, yeah, so they, they'd lost uh, they'd lost to the Swans that day by 34 points. So this uh, this happened in Sydney. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, so Buck said, um, the bloke defended me, uh, got bashed in the venue, 
and yeah, I, I you know I want a fist bump the bloke. Yeah. So words from the bloke. Yep. The situation was I had an argument with a lady uh, about bucks uh, and got booted out of this well-known joint in Kings Cross. Okay. Which okay. well-known joint, mate? Well, that's a good question because Kings Cross mm. back then, nowadays it's fucking empty. Flourishing. No, back well, it's in not. The day. Yeah, flourishing back in the day. Yeah, now it's a oh, fucking. Yeah. No, it's fucking a dead zone. It's a ghost like, town. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm trying to think. I like to think it's the bourbon and beef steak where Ricky got punched. Oh, uh, but there were so many good places to get bashed in the in Kings Cross. Good point. I mean, good point. Yeah. That that one got all the publicity because Ricky Ponting did get beaten up in there. So when was that? That would have been about not, that would have been around the same era. Yeah, it would have been probably maybe ninety nine ish, I reckon. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so that's the that was the Burnham Beefsteak. They've now upgraded it, Adam, and they've given it the uh, sophisticated name of the Bourbon. So it's <laughs> really, <laughs> but they have actually done it up, like you know, last decade or whatever. Yeah. So he got kicked out of the cross. Okay. So I don't know if he does this guy live in Sydney or did he kind of come up for the game and then just watch it on the TV at the cross or? Oh, bloody, Collingwood's brought a question without notice. Yeah. I, I think he might be a. I think it might say later on in the um, article that he has gone across and done. He lives in Melbourne, I believe, and quarantined and is allowed to be over there. Gotcha. So uh, I was walking yeah. down the street and I bumped into this bloke and he turned around. So he's been booted. He's been booted from Booted bar. from the venue. And actually, I must say... For 19, defending bucks. In 1996, to get booted from a venue on the cross <laughs> would have been pretty fucking hard. Okay. Yeah. So he's yelling at a lady about... You know, or, no, it, it might have been hard unless you were really supporting bucks and everyone in the bar was anti-bucks. Yeah, sure, sure. But also back you know, in 1996, if you said the, the words AFL, people were going, yeah. uh, what? Huh? Yeah. Well, that probably that probably started the bashing. So Bucks' version, he mm. de- defended me, got bashed in the venue. Okay, the this venue. guy's yep. venue version, yep. I got an argument, got booted from the venue, and then bumped yep. into a bloke and got hit in the street. They are, I will I will put you, Adam Rosemarks, to yeah. two completely <laughs> different things. <laughs> So you know when you just get into an argument with someone at a bar, like you say, you say to me, "Mate, uh, Carlton are no good," and I go, "Mate, you're a fucking idiot," and then I'm booted straight away. Yeah. As yeah. soon as they go, "Mate, hey, 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 no arguing here. We're all on the same page." If he says Carlton are no good, mate, Carlton are no good. You cannot argue the toss, and that's that's exactly the kind of thing that happens up in Sydney. They're yeah. Just I don't know why you, I brought you to the Hawthorne Social Club in the first place, but yeah. apart from that, <laughs> but then the yeah. idea that yeah, you walk out and you go, "That's the reason." Okay. Yeah. I I, I don't know. I just. I just just smell a rat. I smell a rat. <laughs> yeah. Hey, 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 you know. We've had, we had a few moments in this pod today where we've kind of gone, you know what? Sometimes one plus one doesn't equal two, you know? No, no. We'll wrap it up shortly, Adam. We've got some footballers in real life. But uh, a bit of news out of Richmond. Oh, yeah, what have we got? So they're in the bubble. Where are the, they? Were, we're in the bubble. They're in, they're in uh, Queensland. Queensland, that's right. They're definitely yeah. in Queensland, yeah. It's changing every five seconds, yeah. Oh, it does. I don't know where any teams are. Uh, but for the lack of discipline, they've got a bit of punishment for people who give away 50-metre penalties. They do. About time. They gave away some ridiculous penalties, uh, 50 metres against Port Adelaide. The the Josh Caddy one where, um, did you see Dimmer in the box? Oh, where I do. Where he yelled, get the fuck out of the way, Josh, you dumb cunt. <laughs> I think it's time we start miking up coaches now. I think I think it's not fair that we don't have, say... Because we don't have the audio of the coach's box. Yeah, yeah. We should get um, uh, sign language. You know, like they do for press Love conferences. Love it. Auslan like interpreters. That. Yeah, yeah, Auslan yeah. interpreters. So we can have a little little window on the side. Great. And we can have a sign language kind of, you know, telling people what, what the coaches are saying. That's perfect. And then... Because they would, they would sledge opposition players quite readily, I reckon. I'll they would re- go... 
Fuck, he's soft. I'd be really interested, actually, what the what the the verbal ticks are. So, do you remember? Was it the two thousand and two grand final? I believe it was, where they actually had the Lee Matthews, on for Lee up. Matthews, yeah, yes, and, and I the think, lips of lethal. And I think one of the notable things of that was that he didn't talk that much. Yep, that was what people were surprised at. But I suppose they were a pretty well-oiled machine. Um, yes, yeah. So they probably knew what they were doing. I suppose maybe like if you got a, I mean. You know, you're going to be yelling more if your team is doing badly, aren't you? Well, it's it's interesting that coaches tend not to scream as much these days. Like I reckon Bevo's very calm. Um, uh, David Teague seems really calm in the box. Mm. Whereas you get like John Longmire, he's learnt that the cameras are on him, so he would often duck under the desk, he'd cover his mouth, yep. he'd punch Dean Cox in the head. Like he's fucking... He's pretty animated, I and I reckon Clarko would be pretty lippy as well. I think there's a bit of that. I think they're aware of the cameras on them, so they try not yes. to get too excited. I mean, the Scott brothers give it a go, but you know. But also, if you put together a one-minute montage of a coach, you know, ranting and raving, like that yeah. can be over the course of two years. You know, it's not like it's yeah, nothing. that's very true. Yeah. Um, so anyway, they have a new punishment at Richmond. If you give away a fifty-meter penalty, what do you got? It's got to be. What would you do? Like five thousand dollar fine? You got to do a thousand burpees? What is it? It'd be something. Be something really tough. Yeah, you got to do a beep test something like that. You know, put yourself through the pain. No, you got to. Yeah, exactly. And it would benefit the team as well. That's what I like about it. That's the Richmond way. It would benefit everyone. <laughs> you have to change the nappy of Trent Cochin's son. Okay. Yeah. yeah. No, that uh, that works for everybody. That's the punishment. Now, um, mm. I mean, sadly, his son is. 27 years old. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a tragic story. But yeah, that's the deal. That's the deal. And it says the idea came from the captain himself. Really? Really? Oh, that's very thoughtful <laughs> of him. convenient of you, Trent. Yeah. And the other, uh, the other punishment is if you kick it out on the full, you have to uh, Do wash his all his nails. Yeah. <laughs> How does he broach this? Is it, I know it's kind of a feel-good, funny punishment, but does everyone just look around going, why are we changing his fucking kids? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because also, he wouldn't be the only person in there with kids, surely. Surely there'd be a couple. No, I think, and this could be where some of the issues, uh, maybe maybe some internal issues at Richmond, I think he his might be the only family that's up there, which may not have gone down well with everyone. Oh, okay, gotcha. Is that some, yeah. uh, some mail without notice, maybe? I believe it might be, yeah. Yeah, gotcha. Because I'm believe trying to think, I think gone... would Jack have two kids by now? Would that be yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, and, and I think Shane Edwards would have kids. He's not up there at the moment. He's I think still he might have had a baby over the weekend, I think. Oh, okay, great. I feel like. I think I saw a tweet or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, But so also, if you're a 19-year-old, right? Like, when I, 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 I don't have any children, I would have no fucking idea how to change a nappy. Like, you, you're, fucking, you're watching me doing it, but you're not letting me do it. I actually had a thought today in that I actually have not changed a nappy. I have... No, nor have I. Oh, well, as of about a day ago, I now have a fourth, um, uh, no, sorry, a third niece and a nephew. Yeah. Um, so, shout out to my bro, my sister-in-law, giving birth to little Juliet. Um, but um, I actually never changed a nappy when they were growing up. And it wasn't because I was like, oh, I don't want to do it. No. But I just kind of, it just never happened, which I kind of look it's back and go, but I kind of look back and go, oh, that was stupid. Why didn't I do that? I it's was not a, your world. And, and I, I, I was near people when they changed nappies. I wasn't like kind of like going, oh, gross, yuck. But I just never actually kind of physically did it myself. But you'd be happily help out. Like you'd happily hose the kid off and stuff. Yeah, whatever sure. people do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hose is a strong word. But, <laughs> but also, if I was cochin, right, you don't get them to do an easy nappy. Because I know I've got a lot of friends with uh, kids. 
you get them to do the explosive one where the kids like shut up its back. Yeah, sure, the worst and one. Yeah, and yeah, and like covered, it's covered like the interior of the jeep. And probably like uh, maybe it'd be great in Queensland for winter right now, but the weather is probably pretty okay. Mm. But like you know when they're wearing like three layers because it's yeah. cold and they've got to you know stay warm. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you want it when it's like you know head up to the you know the back of their <laughs> neck. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and and you and you should you should uh, I mean I mean friend of the show Charlie Clawson talked about it on this podcast Dad Pod that he does with Osher Gun- uh, Ginsburg. Um, that he had to change uh, his bub on a plane um, oh, yeah. and she had shat up the back and he said yeah. it was like trying to balance, you know, 12 different things at the same time. So they should construct like a little mini plane to- toilet. And so when they do the explosive one, they, you then have to go into the little replica and, uh, and, and, and do things. Yeah, yeah, no, you make it as difficult as you can. As difficult as you can, yeah. Yeah. We uh, got some footballers in real life, man. Hit me. Uh, from Jacob. Still Nathan Jones taking a walk through Rundle Mall, Hindley Street, the day before Melbourne v North with a coffee in hand looking ready for the big game, already wearing his Melbourne socks. He turned off Hindley Street heading towards the footbridge. There you go. He actually would kind of fit in down Hindley Street, the bald head, the beard, the tats. It's probably a pretty good spot too. To I mean, a, sorry, a, a, good, a good spot to pick Nathan Jones if he's got the beanie on. Uh, and not get the whole head. Yeah, that that's very true. How do you know he's got a beanie on? Doesn't say it in there. Uh, we had a picture. Yeah. Which, oh, uh, did we? Yeah, yeah. There was a picture. Yeah. Sorry. Oh, yeah. love it. Um, and then turn right, head towards Hooperage. Uh, what do you think, uh, Adelaide? That's north. Yeah, north of the um city. Uh, from anonymous. Love this. So you know Already it's good. Be good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and by the way, also, also we do have our double passes for King Tut's putt butt still out there for the people who want to send one in from the Goldie. If you see people on the hub, yeah, um, we 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 did want we did offer one to uh, a footballer from real life a few weeks ago, Sean, and he went to King Tut Tut's on the weekend, and he sent us a photo of him of his family there and said, I probably should have taken it. He was very generous and said, I don't need it. But mate, that you you blew. You blew twelve dollars, my friend. They are an offer. You. Yeah, if yeah. you want to, if you want to round on us at King Tut, uh, yeah. King Tut, um, part part, uh, it's a plus one. Yeah, oh, absolutely, mate. Yeah, I mean we don't we don't fucking yeah. skirt those <laughs> issues. Uh, from anonymous, this is from two years ago. Uh, I nearly sent it to you before the grand final last year when this guy tried to act like he was such a nice person because he gave away an unwanted orange scarf. Okay. What happened was some idiot cut me off in his car completely unnecessarily. I was thinking Adam's issue. And then mm. turn oh here we go. And then turned to give me double middle fingers. Sounds double. Like you. That's hands off the wheel. Hands Fuck off the wheel and, and turning too. That, that is that's super unsafe. Hopefully it was a tram driver. Uh turned to give me double middle fingers with a huge smile afterwards. I didn't okay. know who it was until he turned to face me. And then I suppose he did not think that I might recognise him or that I was a junk time listener. It was Jeremy Bloody Cameron. Oh, the double off the hands. Jezza, who do you think you are? And also too, like what's he now? Off the wheel. Twenty six, twenty seven. The Easily. middle the middle finger for an adult is very low. Like it, it's so meaningless. Like it's fun for a nine-year-old, yeah. but yeah, it's it's not something an adult should do. Well, you sound like someone who doesn't drive. <laughs> Basically, he made a right turn across my lane without looking, and I almost had to stop my car to avoid hitting him. It was a relatively low-speed incident, so nothing too dramatic, but really bad driving, even for Sydney. Instead mm. of apologising, he made sure to give me his parting gesture. Uh, once his car was in the other lane next to my window, then kept on going for context. Oh, mate, chicken. 
It was uh, in the middle of the of a weekday afternoon after around the Birkenhead Point Roselle area. Roselle um, great is, area. Uh, Roselle round about Balmain. Um, oh, okay, so nice, a nice part of uh, Sydney. Yeah, if I remember correctly, Balmain kind of um, Roselle. Yeah, west of the town. Uh, yeah, not not you know super west, but midwest. Not not inner west. Uh, I would say. I would say, uh, verging on medium west. Medium, okay. Yeah, but that west is a long way. Yeah, okay. Outskirts of <laughs> inner west. <laughs> okay, good, yeah. Uh, for context, it was the middle of the weekend day at Birkenhead, yeah, Rosa, where my wife and I had seen a lot of giants. So maybe they hang around there. Yep. Uh, actually, that, that wouldn't be too far from getting to um, Homebush. Okay. Uh and then uh, Anonymous provided the email exchange. Oh. That we got. So should, I, should I read that? Yes, I, I have not seen this. Okay. So below is the email exchange I had with the club for your entertainment. I chose to email the head of marketing because he was the only person whose direct email address was listed on their website. Who knows if they actually – well, we'll get to it. Um, but anyway, okay, I'll read it to you now. Okay. Okay. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yes. I, I genuinely <laughs> junk times. I have not seen this. So, so this Anonymous, Anonymous took uh, action – I remember there was a guy a long time ago who rather pathetically wrote a letter to Wayne Jackson to (laughs) (laughs) complain about Hawthorne's fixture. Um, Okay, so from Anonymous. Okay. Uh, Okay, everything redacted. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Dear Giants, just wish to advise you that one of of your players almost caused a crash with my car about 15 minutes ago on Henley Marine Drive in... Oh, I love that it was uh, immediate... Emailing action. That is great. <laughs> in Canada Bay this, this afternoon. Not only did they turn right across uh, oncoming traffic, uh, but then when I beeped the horn while almost having to stop to let him through, uh, he turned to me with a big grin and gave me the middle finger. <laughs> as if to say how great he was for doing what he just did and I should suck it. <laughs> <laughs> Most drivers in Sydney will not recognise AFL players, let alone any other random dangerous drivers, but this was one, uh, clearly one Jeremy Cameron, driving a black ute with the number plate, and I won't read that. Uh, Yeah, great. It's poor form to operate a large vehicle as if one is in a competition, uh, then to be obnoxious about it. Essentially, if you have your face on TV, aside from that, no concern for causing a car accident. Signed, Anonymous. And we then got a... Now, now, can I just say on that, I imagine, because football clubs are small things, he's given the detail of the rego, he would have said to Jezza, mate, did you give someone the double birds? Well, because we, it's a fun story. We do have a reply from the great, club. Great, great. Okay, I won't say who the reply was from. Dear Anonymous, okay. uh, thanks for your email to the club. Yep. S- fuck, man. They had to fucking, they had to fucking stop their day and write... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, mate, Wayne Jackson took time out of his day <laughs> yeah, true. to write to and you. He fucking seemed dickhead. to have done it like an hour after receiving the letter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is disappointing to hear this report and we appreciate you bringing it to the club's attention. Sure Jeremy has been contacted this evening and reminded of his responsibility as a role model in the community and ensure he's driving safely and behaving appropriately. Lovely. We hope to see you at a Giants game in the near future. Man, they're fucking, they're dotting every I and crossing every T at the Giants, aren't they? Well, yeah, you just can't afford to lose members because your full forward is double birding them. 
Uh, oh, so there is not there is not a hope in hell. Now people are talking about whether Jeremy Cameron, who is a uh, restricted free agent uh, this year, they're talking about whether he'll go to Geelong, whether he might go to Essendon. You know, pl- teams that need uh, bullocking forward. If he's doing that in Sydney, there is no way he is going to come down to a fishbowl like Melbourne, where everyone will know his face. Yeah, sure. If he thinks he can get away with the the double birds in in Sydney, they. Uh, I mean, it's actually an interesting one to talk about by the fact that, I mean, he's in the top ten, probably top five paid players in the game. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know how much more money the Giants can offer him, but he seems to be one of those guys you cannot afford to lose. But then also, what can another club offer? Because the money's already off the charts. Like you know how Buddy went, and they were like, "Well, yes, you that." Yes. Now it's like, yep. well, we're offering you. We're you're already making probably one, one point one or whatever. 1.4? Like, how far Yeah, but I, I mean, what if, what if a club offers to pay all his, like, uh, speeding and or driving fines? Yeah, sure, sure. Maybe like... You know, uh, clearly the Giants couldn't fit that into their soft cap, but someone like Geelong might be able to. Maybe they can um, host, like, a demolition derby on a um, on a Thursday night down at Cadinia Park. Yeah, or if every week he gets a new ute that he hasn't written off. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, Ford so. will still have a connection. I know they're moving out of Geelong, but they still have a connection. Yeah. So there's some there stuff you can trash. If he gets a Ford Ranger every week, he'd be down there in a heartbeat. <laughs> and and they so he doesn't have to take his hands off the wheel. They offer him someone to do the double birds for him. Or maybe someone else can drive, and so just Cameron can oh, just <laughs> just bird people bird all, all, all the time. Yeah, or they set up like a um, like a bit of a seat in the back of the tray of the Ford Ranger, and he just fucking double birds everyone <laughs> as they're driving as they're driving down Riley Street. Yeah, send an email. I don't give a fuck. I'm Jeremy Cameron, <laughs> motherfucker. Yeah. You think Cameron Ling was the mayor of this place? <laughs> I fucking you long. We are going to hit the road. We are Junktime Alpha Pod at Gmail, on Twitter, on Facebook, and the gram. Go. Go on, Pies. You do a fantastic job. Serves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.